Welcome to Books for Good Trouble, a San Diego Public Library podcast. In today's show, meet a library staffer that found a fresh start in a new city and their voice in the process. Hey folks, Bob here. In the fall of 2021, SDPL presented a Books for Good Trouble event that featured gender nonconforming writer and artist, Alok. The program was exclusively presented to area teens in an effort to provide a safe, judgment-free space for young people to engage in conversation with the featured artist. The conversation that follows is with the library staffer that facilitated that program. I don't have the luxury of being. I'm only seen as doing, as if my gender is something that is being done to them and not something that belongs to me. One time I had a waiter come up to me and ask if this was my, quote, Halloween costume, end quote, when I was sitting at the table wearing a skirt. It's a surreal experience to have your personhood be reduced to a prop, a loke beyond the gender binary. I wanted to highlight that a lot of people think that non-binary people have to be androgynous and they have to look a certain way and that we are somehow just playing dress up or we're putting on a costume and that at the end of the day, we are just a binary person and we just want to feel special, which to that I say, we are all special. (laughs) Whether you're binary or non-binary, you are special. But... It's not just a costume. Hi, I'm Craig Wimberly. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm a library assistant in the humanities section of the Central Library. I also serve as a co-chair on our EDI. EDI is short for Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee, as well as a co-chair on the citywide LGBTQ IA plus alliance. Every day I come to work, my only goal is to make a safe, welcoming environment for every San Diegan so that they feel comfortable coming to us for our resources, our programs, our technology, and that's what I love doing every day. So I was born in Denver, Colorado, but I grew up in South Mississippi, besides a minor detour to Pittsburgh a couple years after Katrina. But most of my life was spent on the Gulf Coast in Biloxi, Mississippi. I was planning on going to school back in Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh um, after high school, but that, that the plans just didn't work out. Um, <laughs> that fell through. Uh, and my mom was moving here to be with her long-term partner. And I said, hey, mom, California is real nice. Can I hitch a ride? <laughs> and uh, we road tripped all the way out here with, I had like six boxes of stuff. And she had maybe just a little bit more of that. And it's the best decision I've ever made, really. Who is Alok? Um, Alok is one of my favorite authors and public speakers, but they are also a gender nonconforming, and they were featured in HuffPost's Culture Shifters of 21 list. Their distinctive style and poetic challenge to the gender binary has been internationally renowned. They are also a mixed media artist. They use poetry, prose, comedy, performance, design, and portraiture to explore the themes of eugenics, trauma, belonging, and the human condition. They're the author of Femme in Public 2017, Beyond the Gender Binary, which we're talking about today, 2020. And in 2019, they were one of NBC's Pride 50 and Out Magazine's Top 100. 
The world we want is one in which all people, regardless of their appearances, are treated with dignity and respect. One in which these factors do not have a bearing on safety, employment, and opportunity. We want a world that acknowledges and appreciates the complexity of everyone and everything. One in which transformation is celebrated and not repressed. We want a world where people have an underlying worth regardless of their gender. Alok, Beyond the Gender Binary. Why is representation and inclusion so important to you? So that actually ties back to us having Alok uh, here for that program. Representation is so important to me because people like Alok are the reason that I was able to figure out myself so, so early on. Like, even if I hadn't admitted to it myself, I was looking at people like Alok throughout my life. And like you said, they are unapologetic. And I kept seeing people like that who were just just completely themselves and completely did not take any resistance from anybody else. Like, that inspired me and that lit a flame inside me because I thought if they can make me feel like that, then I can also, I can provide something (laughs) for somebody else. And I just want to make everybody in my life, no matter what their background or their pronouns or their journey is, I want to make them feel comfortable and safe and happy. And I think that's the bare minimum of what we could want in life. I just think it empowers people to see other people like themselves. And not only does it empower those that see themselves in representation, it also shows people who are the norm, who are already the status quo. It opens their mind to a perspective that they might not be aware of. Our experiences aren't universal. As I was saying earlier, there are as many ways of being as there are people on this planet. And so I think having representation and having people in positions where they're visible allows the people who are already catered to and who don't face discrimination. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what we want. We don't want people to face discrimination and we want the system to cater to everyone. And we want the people who are already seeing the benefits of that to see why someone else might also need that. And it doesn't have to be an attack. This isn't a war. It's just asking to pull up another seat at the table and to not only pull up that seat, but invite everybody to the table, basically. Okay, so people might tolerate the existence of gender nonconforming people, but tolerance is not the same thing as acceptance. Tolerance is always about maintaining distance. Quote, this is about something over there that doesn't concern me, end quote. Acceptance, on the other hand, is about integrating difference into your own life. Quote, this is about something that I'm a part of and I need to learn more to better help, end quote. True acceptance can be uncomfortable at first, precisely because it takes work. Unfortunately, many people would rather prioritize their own comfort over our livelihood. Alok, Beyond the Gender Binary. Tell me about when you chose to announce your preferred pronouns. 
Um, so at that point, I had been living in San Diego for about four years. I'd been waffling with like my gender identity since I was like a tween in middle school. But given the environment in Mississippi, I just really didn't say- feel safe exploring that part of me. I remember telling myself that I was enough of a woman or I was I didn't hate myself enough because like at that time, the predominant theme of trans stories that I had seen were that trans people hate their bodies and they hate it so much that they would hurt themselves if they weren't allowed to be uh, or allowed to have a different body. And in my head, I was like, it's not that bad. <laughs> I, it's not that bad for me. I, I, Like I said, I'm quote unquote enough of a woman. I can skate through life. I'll just deal. I don't care. But I did care, actually. Uh, and the longer I stayed in California, and I made more inclusive, like, supportive, wonderful friends here, and also I got a job at this wonderful library where they made me feel super safe. And in 2016, specifically, there were the catalysts for me announcing my pronouns were, we have programs at the library, you might have heard of them, the Community Conversations. And basically this particular community conversation was the library seeking out trans and non-binary voices. And they were asking what the trans and non-binary people in my neighborhood specifically were concerned with and what their needs were, or our needs. (laughs) At the time I was still doing an us versus them mentality. I was like, oh, like I support them, but I'm I'm not enough of the community to be a part of that. I didn't necessarily feel like I was part of that community at the time. Now I would say us and our, and that's our community. But at the time, I just was going to go to the event and hear what other people had to say. And then while I was there, I heard people who were just like me talking about the things that I cared about and the things that I wanted to change in our community. And I realized, oh, like this, it, it's now or never. I believe there was a portion of the night where they were asking us to go around the room and introduce ourselves and say our pronouns. And so at that time, I was still using my birth name. And so I said my birth name. And I said, uh, I looked up at my boss who was in the room (laughs) um, and one of the, the other supervisors as well. And I looked at them and I said, I'm really scared to say this for the first time because my boss is in the room, uh, but my pronouns are she, they at the time. And I, it was, I just couldn't go back from there. I, it felt so comfy and so right. And then after the event, one of those supervisors came up to me and well, both of them, they both told me they were really proud of me and that they supported me. And one of the supervisors said, hey, you, why, why aren't you on my LGBTQ plus committee like why aren't you helping out at the library and I was like is that an invite (laughs) and so that kind of got me started on actually making this priority in the library they were already kind of doing that work but I was like oh my voice is is appreciated that's the thing about being an lgbtqia plus kid you often don't have the luxury to come into yourself on your own terms because other people have made up their minds for you. I wish that my family had been more proactive. I wish they had introduced a conversation about bullying so that I knew I could speak about it happening too. I wish that they could have let me know that this was not okay. 
took me 15 more years to embrace my femininity and regain the strength to wear the clothes that I wanted to, and not that society told me to. When I started wearing what I wanted to again, it didn't feel like something new. It felt like reclaiming something that I had lost. It felt like coming home. A look beyond the gender binary. When you facilitated the Books for Good Trouble program featuring Beyond the Gender Binary, what were some of the questions that young people had? What were some of their concerns? Um, so for a lot of young people, they want to know basically how to navigate their journey. They wanted advice for being afraid to live their authentic self and how to face that. And they wanted to know what Alok would have liked when they were a child, like what what resources and what kindness would they have liked when they were growing up. When we did the program with Alok, they said, I can't remember the exact wording, but they basically said that they moved to New York from Texas and they were searching for a lighthouse. They wanted to find a light in the dark and they thought they might find it there. And I was lucky enough to be able to tell them that in searching for a lighthouse, they had become a lighthouse to me. And I just want to be able to do that for someone else in the future. Trans people are diverse and complex. Our experiences of our genders and bodies do not need to be universal to be valid. Being real is not a scarce resource, and it is possible to hold a diversity of experiences without creating hierarchies. Alok, beyond the gender binary. What would you say to someone trying to educate themselves about transgender issues? Any do's or don'ts? Um, I would say seek out the resources that are already out there. There are plenty of people like Alok and like myself who essentially their their mission in life is to be visible, to be out and proud and living their lives. And we share as much information as we can. Like we live in a golden age of information and education. And so seek that out, seek, seek out voices whether on the internet or in shows or or books or especially books because <laughs> I work at a library. But there are already so many voices sharing their their stories. That is to say, my don't would be don't necessarily put your trans or non-binary friends on the spot all of the time. You should ask people if they're comfortable with questions and you should think about whether you would feel comfortable asking a cisgender person a question. Cisgender, for those that don't know, is um, somebody who relates to the gender that they were assigned at birth. Like the doctor said, hey, it's a boy or it's a girl. And they grew up and they said, yeah, I am a boy or I am a girl. And if you wouldn't ask somebody on the street that, a cisgender person on the street that, maybe maybe don't ask your trans friend. And again, like I said, if they're comfortable with those questions, like me, for anybody in my life, you can ask me whatever you want, you can phrase it however you want, and I, I'll tell you if I'm uncomfortable or not. But not every trans person or non-binary person is in a position to tell you that they're uncomfortable or that they feel unsafe or that they cannot answer that question because it is a journey and it's a spectrum and it's fluid. And then also keep an open mind and accept that every person you meet is going to have a different perspective. 
Are there any specific resources that you'd like to direct people to that they can use to educate themselves on transgender issues? Um, so here in San Diego, we have the SD Pride organization and we have the LGBTQ uh, Center as well as the Lambda Archive. So basically, those are really good local resources. In general, you can also seek out HRC, the Human Rights Campaign. Um, there's GLAD, there's GLSEN. They also have resources for students. There's also PFLAG. There's quite a few organizations that can educate you, as well as just coming to the library and seeking out what resources we have. We are working all the time to make our collection better and more inclusive, so we get new queer literature all the time. And of course, there's the wonderful book, Beyond the Gender Binary. Of course, of course. Can't forget that. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'd like to thank our guest, Craig Wimberly. Also, huge thanks to Benjamin Mendoza for narrating. For more information on the Books for Good Trouble series of programs or the resources mentioned in today's episode, visit us at sandiego.gov forward slash SDPL podcast. Live fast, I young bad girls do it well. Live fast, I young bad girls do it well. Live fast, I young bad girls do it well. Live fast, die young bad girls do it well. Change my chest when I'm banging on the dashboard. Change my chest when I'm banging on the radio. Get back, get down. Call me closer if you think you can hang. Hands up, hands tied. Don't go screaming if I call you with the bang. Well done
This project is supported by the U.S. Institute of Museum and Library Services under the provisions of the Library Services and Technology Act, administered in California by the state librarian.